It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already, excuse me. On Talk Radio. Dear listener, it's criminal to talk over this music. It's punishable by death uh, in some parts of the world, and I can only apologise. If you haven't, you've all got Forever Changes. Everyone's got a copy of Forever Changes. Go out and buy another copy of Forever Changes. It is a masterpiece. And while you're there, go and buy the first two Love albums, Love and Da Capo. And then while you're there, go and treat yourself to some of the later stuff. Like, I know Johnny's not on it, but I, I want my plug-in, Real to Real, which is a great album, and Love for Sale. What a record. What records? Um, Love, in inverted commas, with Johnny Eccles, are doing their last ever tour of the UK. Me and Kath are going to go and see them next Friday. We're taking the night off work to go and see them. And... <clears throat> Always a little bit nervous when I speak to an absolute legend. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Johnny Eccles. Good evening, Johnny! Oh, hang on, the wrong fader. Let's do that again. Johnny, Sweet. stay there. Smooth, smooth. I'm nervous. Johnny, stay there. We're going to come to you in a second. <clears throat> Let's try that again. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Johnny Eccles. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, man. How are you doing? It worked this time. How, doing wonderful. How are you, you're good, are you? What, when did you get to the UK? Uh, actually, this morning we got here. Uh, well, it was this morning our time, but it was afternoon your time around two p.m. So, no wonder you sound a little bit tired, brother. It's uh... yeah, yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> um, this is the last. Is this this is the last tour, isn't it? Of the UK, yes, we'll be still playing in the US, but uh, this is the last tour of the UK, yes. What did we What did we do to offend you, Johnny? Did, did we say something? We're sorry. I apologize. Is it Brexit? I apologize. Well, yeah, it was Brexit. I, we got together and talked about it and said, "Man, we can't do this again." So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everybody's getting older. Because listen, I'm not going to say your age, but I know you are a gentleman of an age. But then also the the, the love revisited band Baby Lemonade, as a lot of people will know them. Those guys, and no disrespect, those guys are old now as well. That's right. We're all long in the tooth. So hell, we just decided, you know, because it's expensive running walkers yeah. and all of that stuff, and having a nurse on hand, to, you know, and so we decided, damn, 
it's too expensive, so well, we'll do this. I, I wish you the very best of luck with this tour. Like I say, me and my friend Catherine, we are taking the night off work next Friday. This is how much we want to see it. We're cancelling the radio show. We're going to come and see you guys. Um, still fun? You still enjoying it? Absolutely. It's a blast. I love it. It's so much fun and getting to travel all over the world and meet such really cool people. It's just a blast. Um, how did, because I've seen you a few times, Johnny. I, I met you at a gig uh, a few, couple of years. I don't remember how long, when it, how long ago it was. I've seen you play without Arthur Lee. I've seen you play with Arthur Lee. And boy, oh boy, the, the, what a thrill it was for me and for a lot of people seeing the two of you on stage. How different is it, um, how difficult is it as well, I guess, without having Arthur there? Well, it, you know, his presence is always there. You know, I always look to, to my right and, and uh, yeah, so I, it, it, there's a presence always there. But, you know, playing with these guys, we played together for so long. Yeah. And they were such a part of Arthur's life that it's a continuum, you know, and they play the music spot on and um, they're really great people and fun to be around, so it's a blast. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking how difficult it is without Arthur there. Of course, Arthur famously could be a very difficult man to work with. It could be argued that he was his own worst enemy at times. Well, see, that's the thing. It's kind of a misnomer because Arthur may have been difficult, but that was only with people that he didn't know. If right? He knew you, he'd give you the shirt off his back, and yeah. he was just, you know, a wonderful human being. But then he just didn't suffer fools gladly. You know, when people were uh, kind of idiotic, he would, he would treat them the same way. Yeah. But as long as you were cool with him, he was cool with you. Um, and of course, Arthur gets all of the attention, but it, it, it was a band. There were, there were several. Was it, there were five of you originally, weren't there? Yes, there were. Um, and I, 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 I've got a lot of time and a lot of love for Brian McLean as well. I mean, I, 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 um, I wonder what it's like, you know, when was the last time you saw Brian before he passed? Oh, it was a couple of years before he died because we had uh, talked of getting together, uh, bringing everybody back together wow. and, and touring. And uh, so we chatted and um, I came by. I was living in New York at the time and I came to see him and we chatted and and uh, we were, whatever, you know, kind of uh, difficulties we may have experienced in the past, it was all just let go and we were ready to do it again. But no, he was, Brian was an absolute genius. I loved him. He played wonderful songs, wrote beautiful songs, and he was a fine guitar player. So it was a joy to work with him. And, you know, a very beautiful young man. Um, just, just what a voice as well he had as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was the dynamic between Brian and Arthur? Because I, I listen. I'm, you know, all I can go by is what I've seen in concert and on video. And Brian looked very quiet and introspective. And Arthur, you know, could could be uh, 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 very loud and upfront. How did they work together? Well, there was always kind of a friendly rivalry because they dated the same ladies, and and uh, right. So you could say that Brian may have been Arthur's muse because he kind of. Uh, fed off of Brian's energy and Brian actually because love before Brian we were basically a cover band yeah and we were you know we did have a couple of songs that that were written by the group but we basically played the top 40 and we were more in the R&B direction and and Brian kind of steered us into the direction that has uh, come to be known as a love sound um 
it was you, you of course were great contemporaries of the doors bigger than the doors for a long long time Jim Morris, I, I never got the doors, if I'm honest, Johnny. I liked them for about six months when I was 15, and then I never got them. But, but I, I was, can I ask a question that might seem rude? And I apologise if he was a friend of yours, right? But Please, he's a friend of mine, but please ask anything you like. I'll give you the best answer I can. Okay. Was Jim Morrison a dick? I, and I asked him. He was an asshole. Well, Thank you, Johnny. He's my friend, so I liked him, but no, he just seemed to go out of his way to be that way. But that's the thing. Jim was uh, very much into drink, you yeah. know, and he would, uh, he when he wasn't drinking, which is rarely, he was just the sweetest guy, but as soon as alcohol touched his lips, he just became that guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he was hard to deal with, hard to get along with, so... Unless you knew him and considered him a friend, you would just turn the other way if you saw him coming. <laughs> um, I, 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 Johnny, I love you. So, I love you so much. You got you guys have recorded a new single, which is a thrill to see you guys still making new music. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was a song we started working on with Arthur, and then um, it just kind of was put on the back burner there for a while. And then we decided that we were going to put together some of the music, uh, because there are several songs that at some point will probably uh, be recorded and, and released. But this was the first couple that we got together, and, and uh, I think it turned out very good. And Mike Randall and Rusty wrote the, the lyrics, and uh, the group basically put together the sound, and, and uh, it, I think it's very good. I like it. There's uh, there's a lot of love. I, I often think that, that a lot of bands that the American bands that perhaps didn't quite get the respect they deserve over there do a lot better over here. For example, that the, the Beach Boys kind of stopped having hits in the states in '67, but they were still big over here, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, I think Britain considered the Beach Boys artists long before America. Mm-hmm. And the same with Love. You know, I know you, mm-hmm. I, you did. You guys didn't come over in the first incarnation. But, but you know, Forever Changes, even before it was kind of hip, was always being listed in one of the top 30 albums of all time that you must listen to before you die. Do, do, you, get, do you feel that, that perhaps Britain has th- th- more of a connection with your music than the States? Absolutely. The people in Britain seem, first of all, they seem, you don't have as many distractions here as you do there. So they're much more involved in music. But I, I think the people here are more discerning and... Just you can tell by playing in front of an audience, they will sing along with us, and uh, just being interviewed by by uh, different people, they know more about yeah. the music than than people uh, in the states. But you know, um, so we've always felt that this was our home away from home, and we always enjoyed coming here and playing for the people here because they appreciated our music and they understood us, which is you know. Um, it's hard to do because we were rather eclectic in the types of music that we played, so it wasn't something that you could just put in the bag. You know, we played all sorts of music. We were basically our own mixtape, you know. Yeah, well, the first... The, the, the thing about Love is you were a mixed-race band before Correct. there were any other really mixed-race bands. You had you had white bands and you kind of had some black Motown acts, you know, maybe you'd have the four tops or something, but very rarely did you see black mm-hmm. guys with guitars and you never mm-hmm. saw a mixed race band. Was that, 
I mean, nowadays you kind of think nothing of it, although I can't think of too many. But when you're playing on the strip and, and stuff in sort of 64, 65, was that part of the draw? Did people come to, to see you because you looked different? Yes, that was one of the reasons they came to see us is because we were a group that reflected the society as a whole, the society in California anyway. And because of that, we were able to... Um, Kind of um, people here took us to heart more so than any other group because of that. We reflected their attitudes, and we also reflected the society at large. And so it was purposeful. We did that uh, on purpose. We wanted a group to, um, an American group, to be who we were and not, you know, be stuck in and typecast as a soul group or an R&B group. We wanted to play rock and whatever we felt like playing. We wanted to without being typecast. So it was a blessing, but it was also a curse. Yeah. Because there were many places in this country we couldn't play. All of the South and most of Middle America, and we were off limits. So it uh, kind of held us back quite a bit, but it also you know, <clears throat> gave us a, a kind of a, an insight into the the character of the people, yeah. so to speak. This, I'm going to let you go in a bit, because I know that you're tired, but I've got a couple more questions, if that's all right with Please. you, sir. But the, yeah, f- no, the, first, the, the first two albums are great. Love and Decapa, they're great. And they, of course they get overshadowed by um, Forever Changes, because that is a masterpiece. But those first two albums are great. Do you remember the first time you guys walked into the recording studio to record the debut album? Do you, do you remember the excitement, or was, was there an arrogance about you as a band? No, that was excitement. We were really looking forward to it. And the thing was, we had played those songs every single night for well over a year. So we were well rehearsed and we went in and just laid them down and wanted to take most of them. But no, it was, uh, we were finally getting the recognition that we felt from um, the record companies because we had been offered deals with Columbia Capital and MCA. And we chose Electra because they allowed us to own the publishing, which none of the record companies would do. Yeah. And also, I enjoyed being with Jack Oldman. You know, we have kind of our different views on things, but I always thought that the man understood music and he knew, you know, his way around the, the board. He, I think he was an engineer before he was a producer and then a record company executive. So I have a great deal of respect for him. The first two albums, kind of straightforward blues, rock and roll, you know, slightly underground sound. The third album is a huge departure. When, when Arthur and Brian, but when Arthur played the songs that he had for Forever Changes and then said, oh, by the way, um, we're getting strings in, uh, what did the rest of the band think? Did the rest of the band kind of balk at the idea of this or were you all up for it? Well, no, we were all up for it. You see, we had heard those songs for the longest time because that's how our songs are are created. Arthur would hum songs or sing stuff with just him singing with no chords and no background. And so after doing that and listening to them, everybody put their parts together and put what they felt the song needed. And so they kind of evolved over the years into... Uh, what they became, but yeah, we always knew there would be strings and horns and other instruments, but we didn't know whether or not at the last minute the record company was going to follow through with, with their promise. So 
we had to play stuff and leave room for strings and horns and not knowing whether or not they would actually be there. So that was a challenge. Final question, right? You've got to put this myth to rest. There is a myth, there is a legend that um, kind of half, a quarter, a fifth, 75% of an album after Forever Changes was recorded called Gethsemane. Um, is, is, is that true or not true? That's absolutely true, but Shut they up. weren't recorded. These songs were... When we were doing Forever Changes, it'll take a minute for me to explain, it was supposed to be a two-album set, and then at the last minute, the record company decided it was too expensive to do that. And so Brian had songs that he had written as well as I, and those songs are, are the, the songs that you just mentioned called Gethsemane, and they were named that because, you know, we were kids at the time and thought that um, that had been the biggest betrayal in history where Jesus was betrayed by Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. So that's where the name came from. We felt we were betrayed by the record company. <laughs> so anyway, a little hyperbole, but that's how we felt. So is this stuff, are you ever going to record this? Is this stuff, stuff ever yeah. going to be heard? Stuff is being worked on right now. Yes, I'm writing but. a book as well as working on the music, so hopefully they will be released together. Oh, do, are you doing a book? Are you doing an autobiography? Yeah. Yes, I am. When's that coming out, Johnny? When it's done, probably <laughs> sometime before the end of the year. But Dude. Talk just another day in the life. Johnny, uh, when it comes out, mate, come on the show and we will we will pl- we will sell copies of that book for you. I can't wait to read that. Um, yeah, please, I would enjoy that. You, you, you definitely, you're very invited. Uh, oh, you're very invited. You're invited on the show. Now, listen, I'm looking at the tour dates. There's only there's only uh, nine, I think. Uh, Friday, next Friday, the fifth at the Islington Assembly Hall. Me and Catherine right. are going to be there. We're going to come and buy you a drink. Uh, before cool. we're, we're going to buy a drink, we got we got Bristol on the fourth, going back. Cardiff on the 3rd, Birmingham on the 2nd, Leeds on the Monday the 1st, Sunday you're in Glasgow, this Saturday you're in Liverpool, Thursday you're in Brighton. Tomorrow, mate, I don't know if you know this, you're on the Isle of Wight, and that's quite some distance away. Yeah, I know we're playing that tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. You've got strings there as well at the Isle of Wight, you've got a string section. Yes, this is going to really be cool. We're looking forward to that. Go to bed, Johnny. Get some sleep because you've got a long, long day travelling tomorrow, brother. And thank you so much. Uh, no, listen, thank you, man. Uh, thank you for, for coming on the show when you've just arrived in the UK. And I've got to say it, I mean this sincerely. Thank you so much for the brilliant concerts I've seen and for the brilliant, brilliant records that have meant so much to me throughout the years, man. So thank you for all of the work that you've done. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's been our pleasure. Johnny, I will come and shake your hand on fr- uh, next Friday. I look forward to it. Enjoy the tour, fella. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Huh? Thank you so much. There Bye-bye. you go. Johnny Eccles, man. What a nice guy. Um, I've just tweeted the, the tour dates. If you want to thank Johnny, please, Sam. I've just tweeted the tour dates. If you go to love-revisited.com, they're all up there. Come and join us on uh, next Friday at the Islington Assembly Hall. It's a great venue. It's going to be a great band. Me and Kath are going to be there. It's going to be fun. I must admit, Catherine, I was panicking a little bit when... Uh, are you a friend of Jim Morrison? Yeah, but you can ask me anything you want. Was he a dick? He was an asshole. That's a great line. That is a great line. Thank you, Johnny. Um, this is The Late Night Alternative. We have no phone calls lined up, so now is a great time to give us a call. 0344-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.